Oh my god, it's movie blobs. 2021. Whoa. That's that's the new the new bit for the for the new year where it's the t- it's the year of naming things after years, I think. Welcome I back so. to Movie Bluffs. Uh we yeah, have just arrived from the past and we're back mm-hmm. in the future. And that was, shit was so crazy. It was really what wild. Happened? And I'm so glad that it's all over and nothing is bad anymore. Nothing is bad. The second it turned midnight in mm-hmm. America, in our time it was zone, wild. all of a sudden, all of our problems were gone. Well, it was crazy to watch because time zone by time zone, it was like the changing The world was over. reverting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In like China, the day before our new year, they were like, guys, world peace is here and it's coming. Yeah. That's From crazy. East to the West. <laughs> but we're back we're back for our i'm our, sarah i i'm nate and we're we're here at movie bluffs to do some more movie bluffing um mm-hmm. and this week uh we each watched the new wonder woman movie which was available on hbo max as well as in theaters which you shouldn't go to mm-hmm. because of Please don't. the pandemic so it was available on hbo max it's not anymore but it'll probably be streaming eventually. I imagine. Yeah, it was on, on HBO Max for like a limited release with like the rest of Warner Brothers stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it'll be back on HBO Max. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yes, we watched it in that sweet, sweet, delicate timeline. Maybe on our own HBO accounts, maybe on our friends. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? We've both got quite a few thoughts about this particular movie. This is... A rare movie bluffs moment where we're not discussing a movie that one of us has seen and the other of us is remembering. This is this is what we call and this is a working title, Sarah, you can add on to this or Mm -hmm. detract from it if you want. But this is what we call uh, a silly sequel Saturday. I like it. I also would argue, you know, New Year, New Us, right? New Year, New Us. A lot of thoughts on a lot of movies that we haven't seen. Yeah. And. A lot of them might be bad, but some of them might be good. That's but they're true. all still movies, even though they're new. Yeah, so and this one in particular, yeah, is a surprisingly is a sequel. Neither of us really. Yeah, neither of us knew that. <laughs> we I hadn't seen the original Wonder Woman. Apparently, neither had Sarah. Nope. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not a film. I'm not a film buff. I'm a movie bluff. Okay. So. I, I don't, exactly. spoiler alert for the fans out there, I don't like superhero movies. <gasps> oh my god, Sarah, you mean you're not the sucking the dick of the Marvel franchise? Beep! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. No. <laughs> you know whose dick I am sucking? A24. But that's another conversation. I don't like, <laughs> long story short, suffice <laughs> to say, after I embarrass myself on national podcast On national network, podcast networks. I don't like Marvel movies or DC or most superhero franchises. Where um, do you think Star Wars as a franchise falls compared to other superhero franchises? Like, do you think it counts sort of as a superhero franchise? Because I know they're trying I to make it like a universe. They are trying to make it a universe, which I think is a bad idea. Um, I, well, actually, I take that back. I don't think it's a bad idea if they toe the line properly and keep... Because I'm also... I didn't grow up on Star Wars. I didn't grow up on superheroes. I watched Star Wars when I got to college for a boy, which was like, what? But I'm really glad I did because now I love Star Wars. Um, But, you know, I think that if they 
follow the the universe that's been set up in the canon by the movies and then by the subsequent shows that follow the movies and mm-hmm. the like books and stuff that also follow the original movies then i th- you know i think mr george lucas will be great yeah i think that star wars is actually a soap opera as do many star wars critics think that Star Wars is a soap opera and it doesn't take itself too seriously, whereas superhero movies like Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe takes itself way too fucking seriously. And that's why I think, yeah. that's where I fault, because I'm like, aliens are blowing each other up and uh, a brother and sister kissed each other by accident? That's weird. But it's like, it's, it's all in good fun and good, we're all poking fun at the fact that this is stupid, whereas, you know... There's yeah. a big, huge green man with muscles, and it's supposed to be very much a serious movie. Unless it's a Taika Waititi-directed that production. Is interesting. And then, it's great. I do want to talk about how Thor Ragnarok is the best Marvel movie, but we don't have to talk Absolutely. about that here and now. Um, no. I mean, I could talk here about and now we're talking director about all day. Wonderful director. But we're not here to talk about directors, unfortunately. No. We're here to talk about a woman. A wonder I'm- woman. Some would say that I'm a Wonder Woman. It would be me, I would say that. Some might say that you're a woman, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think science would agree. Uh (laughs) I think by science and also my personal... Yeah, really good segue. (laughs) It's a Wonder Woman. Anyway, Sarah identifies as a woman. um, and, And we're here to talk about another person who identifies as a woman, Gal Gadot. And no, not her in the Imagine song, like you might have thought. Although I I so wish we could critique that. But we aren't. We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, the most recent update in the Wonder Woman franchise, which, didn't know, thought it was a standalone movie. <laughs> um, where we see Wonder Woman and sexy, sexy, beautiful Pedro Pascal and sexy, sexy, beautiful, funny Kristen Wiig. Now, Wonder Woman 1984 begins... In 1984, as you might guess. It does. Um, <gasps> apparently, and this may have been set up by the previous movie, apparently Wonder Woman, uh, Diana Prince is her alter ego, works for the government as, like, a scientist. It's pretty vague. Uh, and Kristen Wiig also works there as a scientist. And she's quirky and dorky and just very nervous about everyone and very like shy like incel vibes not like she's a bad but like she's a nerd she's a she's a dork and she runs into gal gadot wonder woman on her first day at the office and she's very nice and Kristen, like, they look at some rocks together i guess they do yeah artifacts so they look at some rocks together that have been well, there was a mall robbery because this is the 80s and everyone was dressed in <laughs> neon clothes and, and shoulder pads and shoulder. And it was so like they were really leaning into the 80s vibe. And so Wonder Woman goes throughout the city. It's interesting that they kind of frame her as like a secret superhero where she like she saves this little girl in the mall robbery and then like holds her finger up to her mouth like she's telling the little girl not to say anything but like there's a hundred other people in the mall watching this happen so 
Right. I don't know how secret you can be there, but also, anyway. she doesn't cover her face. She just is yeah. Gal Gadot in like a shorter skirt, mm-hmm. <laughs> in like a metallic costume. They really Whatever. play a lot with <laughs> with secret identities in this particular franchise. Okay. Anyway, Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig open this box, and it's like a rock. It's like citrine or or something. It's like a, a mineral. And Kristen Wiig makes a joke that's like, oh, it's a useless mineral, but it's used in fakes all the time. Ha ha. Um, And so then Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, can read every single language because she's an Amazonian. uh, So she has that power. And so she just reads the Latin casually. And it says, like, any person who lays their hand on this rock can get their greatest wish. And then some man walking by in the background like reaches over them and is like i wish i had a coffee which is like what like they're talking they're like, these two women the are talking stop interrupting with. also like if you're gonna interrupt to be like haha that's the best damn line you could come up with i wish i had a coffee yeah. girl i wish which i is- had social security benefits like <laughs> give me something good so anyway he gets a coffee and they're like huh what are the odds of that uh, and then they're like, and for some reason, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, who knows that magic and gods and stuff are real in this universe, doesn't like even have a, like, I can understand not knowing every single real life ancient artifact that has magical powers, but like even sure. having a suspicion that something that could conceivably grant wishes, like granting a little bit of a wish. That's interesting to me. Yeah. I just feel like Diana Prince should have a little bit of a suspicion that this is a real life magical artifact and not just be like, oh, oh, that's a funny coincidence. Okay, bye. And then literally she just leaves. And then Kristen Wiig takes the rock and like falls asleep next to it and wishes that she was as cool and sexy and cool as Diana. And She's then, like, I have a man crush on, or a man crush, I just have a crush on Diana yeah. Prince, and I would like to be, yeah, which, the fact that, for those who have seen the movie, also, spoilers ahead, because this is a new movie that has not been out, so, we should have said that. <laughs> I'll, said I'll that put it the in the description. Spoilers! For Wonder Woman 1984. The way that this wish leads to her becoming a scary cat woman who, like, tries to kill Diana Prince in the end of the movie, spoiler, is, like, insane to me. Like, that leap to, like, her... Yeah. We'll talk about that. that. It's a weird leap. But... <clears throat> we'll yes. get there. Yeah. So, the guy wishes for the coffee. That's the first wish. That kind of sets the ball rolling on all these events. Pedro Pascal is an oil baron who is baron yeah. of oil. <laughs> a common theme there. amongst our movies. Um, I see what you did. Lots of oil barons. A lot of oil barons. Anyway, he is just... He is running a Ponzi scheme at this point. He's he's trying to get more and more investors while not having any actual thing to invest in. And he's, I guess, banking on this rock. Like, he's trying his damnedest to get this rock and make the wish that he has oil now. Uh, which I, like, personally, I think this rock is a way overpowered MacGuffin in the first part of the movie. Absolutely. Because... And this is the first. This is the first part where you're going to realize that I definitely was raised on Marvel uh, rather than DC. In the Marvel movies, the MacGuffins of these movies don't really do anything until the very end of the movie. Like, 
in the Avengers, there's the Tesseract. You can't do anything with the Tesseract until the bad guy has it at the top of the tower and uses it to summon a portal of aliens. Like, but before that part of the movie, it's just a box. Or like in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's the orb. And it doesn't do anything until the very end of the movie when the bad guy finally has it. This movie... There's an element of suspense. Yeah. This movie, it's already granting wishes in the first, like, seconds of the movie. Right. Um, That gets more interesting. Which keeps the plot... That's that's an interesting concept, is, like, the, the thing that keeps the plot moving is, like, this inanimate object and the things that it can do. And it keeps the characters in motion. Comparing that from, okay, we have the thing that, we have this magical thing, and it's going to give all these things to the character, and then we watch them spiral because of this thing. Or do we watch them spiral into this thing? Interesting to me. Yeah. So the three main characters, right? Diana, Barbara, and um, whoever Pedro Pascal is. Anyway, they're the, th- the three basic characters, and they each make a wish on this rock. Diana wishes for Chris Pine back from mm-hmm. the war. From, from World War Two. From World War Two, <laughs> She wishes for him back. Barbara wishes to be more like Diana. And then Pedro wishes to be the stone. He wants to... He absorbs the stone. Yeah. So this is like... Okay. The... the, the lore, I guess, of what this stone is, its connection to Diana, and then what it does, and also its connection back to the Mayan Empire in conversation, uh, when they're trying to figure out how to stop it, is so strange to me. Because in the opening scene, which I was, like, watching this movie, like, screaming at my TV, because I was like, what the hell is going on? What is happening? It's like what we assume is teeny Diana, teeny tiny Gal Gadot, on this, like, island full of women, which is like, first of all, can I go there? Second of all, um, how do I, after COVID, uh, catch me on a flight? Like, <laughs> but say, like, wh- what? Hello? Is this going to be a movie about their island? I thought this was set in 1984. How come we're on an island where clearly we have no 1984 things mm-hmm. happening? Okay. They do this insane obstacle course, and then uh, Diana is like this, pr- she's like, Eight and all these other grown ass like twenty some year old women are like competing in this insane obstacle course. And she doesn't win. She almost wins, but she cheats because she's like eight and she's not as fast or as agile as grown women. <laughs> so some motherly figure on the island is like, "You must be patient." Like, like, or, or, or no, like you have to be patient and like you have to tell the truth. The truth will always outweigh a lie, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, okay, great. Now I live in nineteen eighty four. There's no explanation. And if you walked into this like Nate and I did, you don't know what is going on. I have not seen, not, we have not seen the first movie. There's no inclination unless you are a mad DC fan and you like Wonder Woman that this is a sequel. There's, there's nothing to be said in the advertising, in the plot, like nothing aside from Chris Pine showing back up. And I guess this opening scene. So apparently I did some cross checking with my, friends who watch DC. So in the first movie, just Wonder Woman, I guess, is what it's called. It's in World War II, which is where Chris Pine is. He is a pilot in World War which might fun fact, so is my grandpa. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um maybe Chris Pine is my grandpa. He's not. Um, anyway, so he was they were in World War II 
And Diana is, I guess, a demigod. She's somehow of godly blood. And so she can live forever. And ever. Which is why mm-hmm. she can go from World War II to 1984. Chris is dead. He dies in World War II. Um, in the movie, in this, in 1984, he has some line where he's like, I was flying a plane and the next thing I knew I was here. She wishes for him to come back. And uh, the stone is part of the history of her island and other they're like an ancient tribe i guess an ancient Mm -hmm. people of the americas or the world and the same thing is with the mayans which also have a connection to this stone and so does her community and so do other and it's explained later in the plot when they're like how do we figure out this bad guy that like this stone has ruined every civilization that's come in contact with it so I, you know, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, what the? First, we got to look at shoulder pads. And now I got to figure out how we're running, like, a an MLM with oil. Also, we work for the Smithsonian. Like, what the fuck is going on? You can tell <laughs> how confusing this movie was, audience. Based on how just nothing based on just made. how nothing makes sense when we're and it, describing it back. And, and we that's promise exactly it, what happened. It made just as much sense when we watched it. Promise. So, yeah, from what I know, Diana is descended from the Greek gods. Yes. Um, somehow. Jackson. That's what messes me up about this universe versus the Marvel universe, because in the Marvel universe, gods like Thor are aliens. But in, in this universe gods are gods and aliens are aliens and they both exist somehow and i'm not going to go in any more detail than that because i feel like i'll just end up spiraling into like a two hour long youtube video (laughs) about how confusing it all is so diana makes her wish on the stone presumably now knowing it works even though it's incredibly dangerous and she should get rid of it but whatever she wishes for chris pine back and then she realizes that Barbara has used the stone and it worked. And so she goes to find Pedro Pascal to keep him from using the stone because she knows that it's going to be bad if he uses it. And so they go to like this dinner party gala thing for the Smithsonian. Yeah. And this guy starts following her around and she's like, leave me alone. I don't know you. And then it turns out it's, the soul Chris of Chris Pine, who has somehow taken over the body of a regular 1984 man. And that's never explained. No, and the only way you know it, which I had to cross, again, I had to cross check every single thing in this movie. And I'm a firm believer that every film within a franchise should be able to stand on its own to I think that too. I yes. can see any Harry Potter movie any Star Wars movie, and I can figure out where I am, even if I don't know, have not seen any of the other movies. I can figure it out based on dialogue and context clues. And I had no idea what was happening! So yeah, this random dude, in, in a scene in this random guy's apartment, who she ends up meeting at the end of the movie, which is a whole other thing, we see there's a shot of him looking in the mirror and it's like Chris Pine being like, whoa, my new body. And then mm-hmm. there's a single moment where you see Chris Pine's face in the mirror and then it goes back to this other guy. And it's like, oh, it's Chris Pine. So then from that moment on, they just get rid of the guy's face whose body he supposedly took over and they just put old age makeup 
on Chris Pine so you know, hey, it's Chris Pine. And we're just going to pretend we didn't pretend that he was another dude a minute ago. Did you catch that? It was super. Okay. So it was confusing to me because in the scene where he was introduced as like Mm -hmm. having taken over this body, he's like, Diana. And then she's like, please leave me alone. I don't know you. And then he's like, Diana. And she's like, leave me alone, dude. And then he says some line that I guess Chris said in the first movie, like, I wish we could be together forever or something. And then she's like, huh? And then they start circling each other. And at this point, it's a different actor. But as soon as the camera, like, pans away, then it turns around and it's Chris Pine again. And you're like, the reveal is she sees him as Chris Pine because that's what his soul looks like. It's the same guy. But he's actually some other actor. And so then exactly for the rest of the movie, it's Chris Pine in the body of this other guy who we don't know what happens. Like, did he die in his on his futon and then Chris Pine just inhabited his like, did he get possessed? And what happened after (laughs) she renounced his she renounced her wish for Chris Pine? What happened? Like, did he come back and just be like, I was in a coma for the last month? Like, like, Did I don't he, get it. Did his memories just resume from where they locked off? And he's like, oh, shit. Is that what day it is? Maybe. Okay, maybe. You know when you have that moment where you're like, wait, this is supposed to be on this day, but it's this day. And I got it mixed up. Maybe that's, maybe that's I think this. that's maybe probably what happened. Maybe our souls are being taken from us and being given to former World War II lovers. That's the only So he comes back and, and he's a surprisingly good uh <laughs> comedic actor i think when he when is. they're doing the the the, the clothes picking yeah, like and bit. and he's doing a bunch of funny bits where he's like oh new technology but it's the 80s so it's not even really new technology um right. and then they just kind of walk around um barbara is gaining power uh and she's like going to like the store and like she's getting like sexy Kristen wig like she's mm-hmm. like they're like oh she's got a figure like she wears tight pants now like she's so popular with all the boys yeah. at the Smithsonian like her classes are gone she doesn't have curly mm-hmm. hair anymore all of a sudden it's like okay she has the nerdy girl takes off the glasses and it's like oh she's sexy and we knew it the whole time Mm-hmm. stupid i say as i put my blue light glasses with my grandma glasses <laughs> chain from the dollar store back over my face <laughs> yeah so, so she's gaining power she's gaining power then, pedro pascal seduces her or she i mean yeah. they kind of seduce each other uh because she's it's definitely more pedro though because she's definitely like, more she's like, oh my god oh my god boy he's paying attention to me yeah. which if pedro pascal paid attention to me I would also do the same thing, so mm-hmm. I don't blame her. So they go into her office to do a little bit of... What you do in a closed, dark office at a party. Or so she thinks. Sex. Um, and mm-hmm. so he like is like, you want to take this further? And she's like, uh-huh. And then she sits on the desk, and then he like wraps his arms around her and just takes the rock. And he just picks it up and I guess puts it in his pocket? Like nobody notices that that's... And then he just keeps it behind his back for the rest of the night until he goes home? How does that work? I think, I'm assuming he dipped. I'm assuming he, poor Kristen Wiig, first of all, he, like, brought her into her, he, like, led her into her office, and she was like, yay, and he was like, yeah. 
And then he just was like, all right, bye. Like, we'll do this another time. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So then he, he, it's the next day. And Gal Gadot's like, my boyfriend's back. I'm going to show him television. And, and the World Wide Web and, and platform shoes. And, um, oh, and, and the Cold War. Really about Russia, boyfriend. Anyway, so, so the next Pedro is goes to his this very beautiful what I thought was his mansion. Turns out it's not his mansion. I guess he owns an office space in this mansiony looking business it's just a big complex. Business building, yeah. Right, which it looks like a it looks like Beyonce's mansion from uh, Black Is King from her visual album. Like that's what it looks like is her mansion in that one uh, video. But, um, he goes up to this, like, desolate-looking office space, and he's divorced, and he has a kid who, you know, like, is his kid. He's, like, maybe five or six, and he's, there's not much given for this poor child actor to to work with. (laughs) So, he goes up to his office, and he's like, oh, fuck, it's my weekend, got tell, and the kid, he's, like, screaming about having to, like, you know, be with his child, because he's focused on his MLM oil Ponzi scheme. And so his kid's like in the room and his kid's like, oh, shucks, dad. Damn it. Uh, and then he has like this major breakdown and he's like, I'm going to show you your old man is something. I'm going to prove it to you. And then he sits down at his desk and then he's like, I wish. I don't even know what he says. He's like, I want to be, I want to be rock. It's Can a I really, be rock, please? It was a really odd moment because... In my mind, as I had said before, like, the MacGuffin is is very volatile. Like, you can do anything with it just by touching it. Like, it doesn't seem like it lends itself well to a two and a half hour movie because you use it once and then it's done. Um, And so what I was expecting was for him to just be like, I wish I had all the oil I said I had and then the movie would be over. Uh but he, he pulled a fast one on me and he picked up the rock and he looked at it like deeply and he said, I wish to be you. And I was like. And then he like said the Latin words huh? too, I think. Yeah. Right. He was like, I, I wish was like, to you be you like stone of whatever it's called. Whatever. Yeah. And I was like, huh? This you man just wants rock? to be a rock. Like <laughs> a little bit of a stone just sitting on the desk. Um, just a paperweight. And then it and it but disintegrated, then, and the band around it stayed there. And then he's like, "I have magic powers now. Anyone who touches me gets their wish granted, and I take something from them." And that tripped me up because I that wasn't established as part of the rock's rules in the beginning. Nobody nobody said you can wish for anything on this rock, but it's a monkey's paw, and something bad will happen too. Also, nobody says mention, that until yeah. No. And it's like this, so in the rock and the other artifacts are found in that mall scene that you mentioned first, which is like the opening scene of like, we're mm-hmm. in the 80s. Yeah. And so they're they're in like a jewelry store, these like bad looking guys, like they yeah. look like bad guys. And they have all these different artifacts and the rock is one of them and they were trying to sell them off and it's like, you know. It's like, like smuggling. Yeah. Smuggling we like, we like grave, like robbed a grave basically. Yeah. And so it's like. We have, like, you know, a sarcophagus from an ancient Egyptian tomb, which is, like, bad to be having, but not gonna ruin the world if we wish on it. And then we have the rock that's going to destroy the entire, the whole world, spoiler, in a couple scenes later. 
just in the mall? What a horrible origin. Yeah. <laughs> for this MacGuffin. Like, that's so like stupid. I, like, we didn't have any, like... Like, obviously, we knew they were, like, Tomb Raiders or whatever who were smuggling right. artifacts. But, like, we didn't get a scene of people smuggling artifacts. We got a scene no. of a jewelry store getting robbed by a bunch of buffoons. And then right. The Rock mall. shows up a little bit later at the Smithsonian. Literally. Um, so, anyway, insane. he wishes to be The Rock. Uh, and then he's like, wow. And then... He starts doing that wish thing where he, like, shakes someone's hand. They wish. He's like, okay, and in return, I'll take whatever, which XYZ. was a, a yeah. wild thing for me because, that I again, didn't know that was part of the rules. Nobody – like, he didn't even no. say that was part of the rules. They just no. started doing it and expected us to follow along. And then right. at the end of the movie, Diana was like, oh, the, the sacred texts say that if you wish on the stone – something bad's gonna happen also unless you renounce your wish and it's like okay way to give us to that like at the last second right right it's like literally in like the final hour of the movie too Mm -hmm. where they're trying to wrap everything up and it's like oh you can either renounce your wish or you have to kill the the stone or destroy the stone yeah right and so that means murder which is tough wild (laughs) um Anyway, fast so, forward a lot of the movie because it's it's really yeah. a lot of like setup of this guy is making wishes happen and making crazy shit happen in the world and, it, yeah. and it's all going bad. Well, I mean, he basically goes to the Middle East and is like, "Hey, give me all your crude oil." Like he goes to Egypt and he goes to a couple other countries in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which country specifically. It's the Nile is the main river that runs through it's it. It's all very through. vague. It is. It's just, which is kind of bad in and of itself that it's just like a vague Middle Eastern, like maybe mm-hmm. Northern African country yeah. that we're like just pretending Feels like, okay. Racist. Feels, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so he goes to this and he like, this guy wishes that he would have like peace or something or, or total control of his land. And then he gets all of his oil. And in return, uh, a big humongous wall gets put up between the, the original land. So it's very much like, very much modern conflict that we're seeing mm-hmm. in this, this very, movie. Very much Middle East Palestine, yeah. like, giving me that vibe, which I'm like, okay, gal. Okay, gal, to good dough. Okay, okay, okay. Which we don't need to get into that in this episode, but... Um, so anyway, he gets their oil, and then he causes, like, mass insurrection and civil war. Yeah, mass, <laughs> mass chaos. And then he yeah. goes all the way up to the president, who is also incredibly vague, I think. Right. Like, he just kind of he says, doesn't like, I'm look gonna... like any particular president. Like, no. I don't know off the That's top of like my head her... who was president in 1984, obviously, but like, he, he's just a white guy. He's just a white. If anything, he reminded me more of like, I, I have expected like Martin Sheen from like the West Wing. Like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that kind of looks like President Bartlett. Like maybe that's a reference. No one in this movie, and no one on this movie, no Tino Shade if they're listening, was smart enough to be putting a um, President Bartlett mock in this movie. Yeah. I think it's just some white guy. <laughs> We're like, he looks presidential. White man in shoulder pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is another thing that like I kind of like about Marvel more than DC. And I guess it is kind of they're both very similar in that aspect of keeping their locations vague because mm-hmm. in Marvel movies, as if it takes place in the U S it's like a very specific city. Like this is a city that exists in New York or LA. 
And in D.C., it's like Metropolis or Gotham. But then when I think about it, like when they talk about the wider world, there's like Wakanda, which is a made up, which is a made up country or Sokovia, which is a made up country. So I guess they both kind of do that weird, like keeping locations vague thing. If we're if we're thinking about like if like Sokovia and like Wakanda, uh, oh my god, Wakanda, Wakanda. If we're thinking, <laughs> my brain. If we're thinking about Wakanda, in the creation of like Black Panther and like in you know into Endgame and whatever mm-hmm. into that civilization, so much research and time mm-hmm. went into properly representing a lot of different um, African. Uh, indigenous tribes and a lot of Af- modern African communities yeah. in those fictional like tribes and communities in Wakanda. And my God, in Wakanda, I'm yeah. gonna ha- I'm having a stroke in Wakanda. So they definitely could have put the effort in here. Like it, it would have taken little to no time. I mean, they represented DC kind of in this movie because that's where I think where DC. That's where the Smithsonian, Smithsonian is. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be so much harder. But otherwise, to <laughs> yeah. Who. We, we have no idea, really, where any of this takes place. Um, and, I mean, we're talking about the Cold War, so they did some history there, but then they invent... So, he goes... So, Pedro goes to speak to the president. I don't remember who he speaks to, where he's like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Tell me what you wish for! And then someone wishes, and he goes, and okay, I'm gonna speak to the president. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Um, and he, the president has been working on, and this is where Armaguffin starts to just unravel we're in the height of, you know we're in the 80s cold war we're fighting with russia nukes are a thing fear of getting you know blown to bits on both ends either country is fear you know there's fear there um uh so apparently the u.s has some kind of broadcast system connected to satellites where we can broadcast to every single screen in the world, it was very a lot of techno babble in in that bit. It was very which, if you think about the nineteen eighties, <laughs> when we have to plug our phone. Not even did they even have the plug in phone yet? I have no idea. In cars, when when the highest technology we have is a self is like an iPhone now in twenty twenty one, and you're like, we can broadcast to every single television the second I flip this switch. Did I mention the internet doesn't exist yet? What the? So anyway, we also have nukes on hand at the ready to go Mm -hmm. to Russia and destroy Russia. So we talk to the president and he's like, basically like, hey, I'm going to do this. And the president's like, yeah, okay, I guess you could do it. Sure, Pedro Pascal. I liked you in The Mandalorian. (laughs) He just kind of lets him. And then he he broadcasts to the entire world to start wishing. And yeah. this is just where shit hits the fan. The established rules of this wish-granting stone are any person who touches it gets one wish. And then Pedro kind of throws that all out the window by becoming the stone, but not actually becoming the stone, just becoming, like, a conduit of the stone right. at the sacrifice of, I guess, like, his health because he starts mentally deteriorating from granting all these yes. wishes. Um and so then he is like trying to escape and Barbara doesn't want Diana to kill him because she really likes her new powers of superhuman strength and superhuman um, 
being sexy, I guess. Yeah, and then her becoming sexy means that she wants... Because she was like, I want to be like Diana. So she becomes like a supervillain, basically. For those who didn't know. Yeah. And she's wearing this cheetah print, which is very, very good foreshadowing. Yeah, uh, yes. uh, Of Mm -hmm. her transformation. So she gets on the plane with Pedro after saving him from Diana, who was trying to kill him. But she's losing her powers because of her wish for Chris. And so there's this heartfelt moment where she kisses him goodbye one last time and then renounces his wish and then starts flying because that's allowed now. That's a thing that she can yeah, do. Yeah, apparently she learned how to harness flight. There's like a whole scene where she's like, he they steal a plane and she knows how to have invisibility powers, I guess. Because mm-hmm. what the fuck doesn't she do Well, that isn't explained? That was, I, a, you know. Yeah. The invisible jet is like kind of part of like Wonder Woman's historic art, like like oh, things that she had in the in oh, the 50s okay, cool. cartoon or whatever and so that was a cute callback where she made it invisible they didn't explain it very well because she said no. her father taught her how to make things invisible even though we had previously established she grew up on an island with all women with just women um, <laughs> so anyway just... she made a jet invisible which was cool and in that moment, she's like, oh, I know. She's like, oh, this is the one thing that's always scared me is flying in the air, which, like, me too. I hate flying. Like, yeah. I was like, me, you and me uh, both very much Gal Gadot. But, mm-hmm. um, and then he's like, no, it's easy. Like, this is the one thing I can do. I'm Chris Pine. And then, so in that moment where she, like, releases him, she's like, oh, I can do this now because I'm stronger mm-hmm. with you. Even I'm... when I'm without you. Yeah. So... She uses her lasso of truth to propel herself into the sky and then just kind of starts the free fall, which Mm. is cool. I always think it's weird in movies because even as far as we've advanced with special effects, I still think it looks weird when someone is flying unassisted through the air like Mm -hmm. Superman. Like, you know, this is going to be the third and and hopefully last time I, I bring up Marvel, but... I don't think there is a single moment in any Marvel movie where someone is flying without the use of some kind of propulsion or like jetpack or something where mm-hmm. it, I don't want to say realistic because it's a superhero movie, but like it at least looks like something other than sheer willpower is propelling them well, through the air. And even if you're going to, even if you're going to be flying, at least make the scenery look realistic. Cause yeah. you know how many people go like, you know, parachuting out of airplanes and stick their go they're like in the atmosphere like stick their gopros on their little chest and go fly. make it look like that please yeah because that's what it looks like that's what it would look like yeah. if we, we could fly like that <laughs> so Put she she starts flying and she somehow knows exactly where uh Kristen and pedro are going and so she gets there and it's like dark and stormy because he's already plugged himself into the TV and is offering wishes to anyone who is within eyesight of a TV. It's like an Atari. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely wild. It's like a game of Pong. Um, and so what he had done was he had worked out a deal with Kristen because the wish stone takes a thing from its victims as well as giving a wish. He's also started siphoning some of that off to Kristen so that she can have powers. Um... And we see that when he's like, yes, I'll grant you this wish and I'll take your speed or your agility or your your fierceness. And then somewhere along the lines, she gets a tail. And that's what really tripped me up. I have not a clue. (laughs) Literally. Maybe it's because like you said, she's fierce. Like a cheetah is like so fierce. Right. But she didn't. She can't. Was RuPaul on this movie? How? (laughs) Somehow. Like, I get you want your villain to be the cheetah from the comics, and you want it to be as comic-accurate yeah. as possible, but 
if if the way that she becomes this superhero is by taking other people's like other humans powers where does the tail come from and the, the fur she's covered she's also covered in fur instead of like her actual outfit <laughs> anyway yeah it's like her whole um, face is like molted into like a furry she siphoned a furry she's she's power. become a furry so <laughs> diana shows up and she's wearing this armor that was alluded to that was once used to fight off the entirety of mankind which is pretty cool yeah it's like some um, armor from her woman. Some kind of ancestral armor or something. Yeah. Uh, she shows up wearing it, and Christian just tears through that stuff like cardboard, so I don't understand Takes how it... Takes two goddamn seconds. Yeah, I don't know how it fought off the armies of man, like all of them, like the whole world. Also, what a waste. Literally, what a waste of some folklore for her yeah. to be like, this is my ancestors. Like, this is my ancestors, like, golden, they're like, a, they're like gold wings, and they kind of look like a Fabergé egg. Mm-hmm. When they're rolled up around you, and she rolls them up around her, and it's supposed to protect her. Yeah. And it's like, damn, you built that up for Kristen Wig of SNL, to, which to I mean, just... good for her in this role to literally just like rip you in literally maybe five seconds, and then it's yeah. done, and that's it. <laughs> so anyway, she she gets through Kristen, and then goes into the room, um, with with the man you. himself plugged into the TV. And the wind of wishes, I guess, has whipped up around him. She can't get to him. Um, and and so then what she does do is uses the lasso of truth to show, to broadcast to humanity the real truth using the lasso. And, like, basically just begging everyone in the world to renounce their wishes so that the world can be saved again. And Meanwhile... We have nukes. Nukes have started yeah. flying. Meanwhile, between the, the U.S. and yeah, Russia, the Cold War has born, become very hot. Literally, very much like <laughs> impending death. And then everyone starts renouncing their wishes, and Pedro is like, "No!" And then after a little bit, he's like, oh, "My son, I have he to go see my son." He literally runs down a hallway. His son is in the off again. It's his weekend, and he fucking forgot. What a piece of shit, right. Dad. He forgets about his kid on his kid's weekend. And uh, his kid is in this, like, office space now, thriving, because he owns all the oil in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looking at the TV and like, no, Daddy, no, I just, I wish to spend time with you. I wish to spend time with you. Dad, no, don't be a piece of shit. It's your weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he runs out onto an interstate highway, onto the freeway. The kid does, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to look, yeah, yeah. I'm Where's my, my dad? dad? Where's my dad? Literally, Nukes he's going to be on this in freeway mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so. then gal is like hey here's your son and then pedro is like oh my son oh my god my son i love him now all of a sudden and he literally runs like it's like the most feeble like lame thing he like takes off running down a hallway like away from the tv monitors it's very confusing away. to me because this place they were broadcasting from was apparently a helicopter trip away, and then he just ran to find his son. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't understand that. But after it's all said and done, everybody in humanity renounces their wish. Pedro renounces his wish to be with his son, and the Rock is still gone, even though he's not the Rock anymore. I don't know. And then humanity is is happy again, and we cut to Christmas, and then it's over. And I was and, like, oh, and then at the very end, the guy who possessed, who was who possessed, Chris, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, and, and there's a moment in... It's kind of nice, I guess. It's so stupid. Yeah. But it's kind of... And there's a moment in the, like, clothing change scene when Chris Pine is like, whoa, cool things. Um, and she puts an outfit on him, and he's like, this is ugly. And then the guy whose body he possessed is like, hey, and he's wearing the exact outfit she put him in. And she's like, oh, hey, hey, sexy. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. I'm like, that's so, the movie! That's the whole movie. And... Can I say, like, based on the ending of this movie, I'm not really that surprised anymore that Gal Gadot thought singing Imagine with a bunch of celebrities would cure the coronavirus pandemic. No, yeah. Like, that checks out. Like, the idea of the movie ends with a broadcast message of hope and peace to all of the world. Like, of course she thinks that would work. Um, Right. She lives in a fantasy world with all the other celebrities. Clearly. With Kristen Wiig, who was With also Kristen in that Wig, video. Which was... Who, the... we have a lot to get into about. This is going to be one of our longest episodes yet. And I hope everyone listening is as thoroughly confused as we are about this movie. Which is why we chose to do it. Because not only is it new, but it's a, it's not a film. In any... No. In my opinion, in any sense of the word, it is not... It might have CGI. It might have cost a lot of money. It might have my favorite man on the planet at the moment, Pedro Pascal. But it is not a fucking film. It's not good. <laughs> it's confusing. I hope everyone is equally as confused, because I am. Stay tuned for more. ready to unpack oh there's just so much to unpack first of all before we get into what what's your overall thoughts on the movie i know i gave my very heavy-handed opinions before the break um nate what are your thoughts i think compared to the greater dc universe Mm -hmm. i think it's okay. I think it balances a little bit of the humor with the serious tone a little better. Um, much like I think the the latest Thor movie did, or maybe like Iron Man, kind of. Yeah. Like it it does a does an okay job compared to like Batman versus Superman, which was just so angsty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it stands well in that regard. I don't, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I don't think Gal Gadot was that good as no, Wonder Woman. <laughs> I think the lines written, like, I think the, the character of Wonder Woman is better than Gal Gadot ended up perform. Like, she didn't live up to how good the character could have been, I think. I agree. I wholeheartedly, I think that's a really nice way. I think that's very polite of you. Very kind of you, Nate. Because I think she had a really bad performance. Just simply bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't enjoy her performance at all. I didn't like her. Like, I agree. I think that a female superhero, particularly if we want to talk about her Palestinian descent, her she's a woman of color. She's from the Middle East originally. Um, and... That's a big role for representation. I think that there's a lot to work with as an actor, not just as, as, you know, 
I could not work with the different things that she is as a white woman. But I think that in the writing, there's a lot to work with. I think that in what I understand from the comics, there's a lot to work with, with just Wonder Woman as a being. And bitch, she like did not do it for me, not one bit. Like, just even how she said certain lines is like so, like acting one for me. I just didn't, didn't like it. Yeah. She seemed very unfazed for like most of the movie. Like yeah. she didn't seem like she was excited about anything. Like she she got very emotional when she had to say goodbye to Chris Pine, but she didn't really seem like she was just kind of like it's just another day on the job as Wonder Woman. Yeah. She seemed like angry like when she first was talking to Kristen Wiig in I I didn't think that they were going to be friends. Because of how she, like, she acted, like, very aloof and, like, was off-put by Kristen yeah. Wiig's presence. And, like, she didn't want to be friends with her. And then they were at dinner or at lunch. Yeah. And, like, I, up, and then they were friends? Yeah. I what? can't. I also, I can't tell if that's Gal Gadot's performance or just the writing. But, like, it could Diana be seems kind of like a dick. Like, she's a loner, like a lone wolf. Like, she doesn't, like, re, like it's reasonable that an immortal being living amongst human wouldn't want to have too many friends because you'd have to watch them die. Yeah. But like, right. she's so just like out of everyone's business. Like she doesn't own a TV. Like she doesn't talk well, to people. Yeah, She's got her little C-SPAN TVs going on, but that's like mm -hmm. for her job. And I yeah. get that she's like stressed out. You know, she has a day job. She is a, a researcher an archeologist or whatever. I don't even know. It's not really even clear. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she has to go fight crime and kill bad guys who steal jewelry and malls. Um, and to be quite frank, if that was my job, if I was supposed to be a superhero saving the world, and the thing that I had done up until this point for the last 30 years of my life from World War II on had been saving um, children from malls, that sounds actually more ex more dramatic than what I'm trying to say. Because saving children from malls, in the case of predators, is a great service. <laughs> but true. saving people from robbing a jewelry store, like, that's not exciting. So I guess, in that sense, but none of it, none of it was justified. That's what bugged me. I was like, why are you so angry and upset? Like, give me, maybe give me some writing. Maybe it's just because I don't like superhero movies. Yeah. Um, I also, <laughs> and like, this might just be me being raised on Marvel, but I didn't, I also didn't like that, like, nobody seemed to acknowledge that superheroes were real. Like, none of the regular human characters seemed to be like, oh, yeah, magic is real in this world. Like, sometimes superheroes happen. Yeah. Like, why, like, why not just lean into that? And, I mean, okay, we keep like going the back to the Ragnarok. Like, we're the Incredibles, exactly. If we're going, maybe that's, maybe what my issue with superhero movies isn't superheroes themselves the concept of like a supernatural being but how they're treated in the world they're written into mm -hmm. because if like yeah it, it, like the incredibles like um i recently have just been rewatching what we do in the shadows uh, taika waititi my king i would love to do a whole episode a great film a great series highly recommend it's on hulu if you have it mm -hmm. netflix is doing it this new season is supposed to come out at the end of this semester in like spring anyway uh, yeah. sidetrack but in in these different universes harry potter um uh you know twilight 
we have some acknowledgement from the general muggle for the sake of a blanket term that we all know. These people know that these people exist. Uh, Some of these people know. And there's humor and depth and, like, real human, like, emotions and, like, experiences built into these supernatural beings. And, like, comedy and, like, drama. And in superhero movies, particularly Wonder Woman, there's none of that. It's just, like, I am a superhero and I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like, okay, but also... Don't you get annoyed when Kroger is out of stock of the milky like, you know, like yeah. give me some of the give me some of the stupid shit from or life. Like, yeah, like do you ever want to go get shawarma after beating a bunch of aliens in in the middle of right. the city? Like come on, like do something human, please. Literally, make, me, make it a, relatable. Wear a shirt. Wear wear a button-up <laughs> shirt that has pineapples on it for Christ's sake. Like do something that makes us go, "Oh, okay, I want to I relate to them even though they aren't human." Right. I still see myself in them. Mm-hmm. Maybe, wow, I think I just had a breakthrough. Which is the whole point of superhero movies, right? Is like you want to be able to picture yourself as the hero. Exactly. Exactly. And most superhero movies, the origin, they are not, unless you're talking about a demigod, these people aren't anything until they kind of have these powers bestowed upon them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or in the case of Thor Ragnarok, like there's someone very special and then their like comfort blanket you know their hammer that they really like gets taken from them and they have to rebuild themselves from scratch on a trash planet right see and that's i just really like taika but Mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there i can spend a whole so many hours talking about how much i love his work um but he didn't direct this movie you know why because this movie was bad (laughs) and everything he makes is good Anyway, I'm going to stop saying that I don't like superheroes. I think I'm going to start saying I don't like the inhumanity of superheroes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And that's that's like a big reason why I liked Ant-Man so much is like another thing. Because it's like he mm-hmm. was just a regular dude like stealing shit and then he became Ant-Man. Literally. Like, yeah. He and wasn't that's like, why I like born with powers and like sent to this planet to save the world and like i don't know no exactly and that's i think like like spider-man like that's the exact everyone loves peter parker no one just a kid. i don't know single he's just a kid you know he's figuring it out and that's why he's he's relatable and, and that's why people like him because he's peter parker anyway back to the wonder woman movie at hand let's talk I think- about Yes, go ahead. Kristen Wiig gives a pretty good performance in her first you read my mind. dramatic role, her first non like comedy. And yep, yep. and it's it's pretty good. Um It is. And I think it's not, it's cool that like she starts out as like this dorky comedic relief type character and then like turns very dark and and as silly as her her character ends up being like a, a furry person, like as funny as that is, like <laughs> She she kind of, like, goes all in with it, which is pretty cool. She really does. I agree. And, I mean, everyone knows who Kristen Wiig is, but mm-hmm. I love her just so much. I You know, everyone's seen her on SNL, and for those who don't know, she came up in The Groundlings, um, which is a improv sketch theater out in L.A., and they mostly focus on character development. It's, it's improv for actors, is what improvisers like to call it. Um, 
a lot of actors out in LA will go to build. Like Will Ferrell came from Groundlings. I think Jim Carrey did some stuff at Groundlings. Um, and so folks like Kristen Wiig, who are known for character acting, and like Will Ferrell will go there and, and build that skill. Um, and I think she's just been slept on. I mean, everyone knows. I think comedians um, have some of, especially comedians who write their own work, like you have to do on SNL, even though SNL is, you know, you can argue it's consistency over the last decade. But um, I think comedians have the best range of emotion to draw on because in comedy, or the best range of, of skills to draw on in serious acting, because in comedy you have to make the most darkest, not fun stuff be the funniest thing you've ever heard in your goddamn life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that is why she excels. I simply love yeah. her. We went from pooping in the street to, in Bridesmaids, to being a furry woman who gets electrocuted. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. And, there, I mean, the critique is the same from me. Like, I wish this villain was a little more relatable, too. Like, I wish she had kept mm-hmm. her quirky side along with... Like, she ended up being kind of like a syndrome was in, yes. in, in Incredibles where it's like, you stepped on me like I was dirt and you spit in my face and you and you said I would never be anything and now look at me, I'm killing you. Except Diana was nice to her. Right. Like the whole move, like she was never mean in any real way to Barbara. Like she was just kind of forgettable as a person. Mm-hmm. But that's not Diana's fault. So I don't really understand, I and guess, I why whole, like, she was no i get it and i I get the whole like deep-seated like i've been i'm a nerd and no one's liked me and everyone's Mm -hmm. thought of me as lesser my whole life like bullshit drama like girl reveals her glasses turns out she's a sexy a sexy mama you know but it's like you cannot have just that one you can't have a good like funny character in like the first 20 minutes of a movie and then just completely drop it for like Mm -hmm. the sake of like i want to be sexy what yeah for a movie called wonder woman what is that telling me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. And then then we we get to the big 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 villain of Pedro Pascal who mm. kind of goes from being a villain well, he goes from being like a regular dude who is just kind of down on his luck to becoming the thing that makes wishes happen um so he's kind of the bad guy but he's also kind of just an event or like an occurrence or like a natural disaster <laughs> he's a catalyst yeah like he turns into a hurricane and then it's like well he's not the villain he's just the thing that's this happening is... now right which but going back to your your take on the mcguffin mcguffin i keep taking words and putting a G in them where they shouldn't be. And I think I'm having a Uh stroke. The MacGuffin, it's like, this is why DC has not had as much success because it doesn't work as well. Because it's like, he, is he a character? Is he the thing? If he had the thing the whole time, he would have been a character. Right. You know, we built up to him becoming the thing and there was this huge reveal. Yeah. But he doesn't. So or like, like if it had been like a cat and mouse thing, like mm-hmm. like in Guardians of the Galaxy, where you're like going across the world trying to get a hold of this thing and it keeps slipping out of your fingers. And then you finally right. get it and 
yeah but no it was it was kind of just over already before it began and then the rest of the movie is just him shaking hands with people and getting more bloody noses (laughs) he's like i'm dying i'm dying what do you he's like profusely so he's like what do you want tell me what you wish and i'm like i'm like mando 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 calm down I also, um, when they, in the very, like, beginning of the third act, like, they went to this, like, person who had the sacred texts or whatever and Mm -hmm. talked to him about the stone, they found out it was, like, created by a god who... Yeah. And that's another thing that confused me is the gods aren't characters. Like, this god didn't show up at any point. Like, none of the... Like, we're just told that gods are things. But where'd they go? And what, was that where did in the they first go? movie? See, this is what I'm saying about this, like, sequel BS. Because this should be able to stand on its own, and I shouldn't have to have... Were there gods in the first movie? I don't know. I know Di- Diana's know... The, 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 the daughter of a god somehow, but, like... Right. Was it a real god, or was it just an off-screen god? <laughs> and voiceover god. He yeah. was just, you know, in the booth. <laughs> And see, this is, I don't have to have read the Harry, uh, Harry Potter books, nor have seen the first Harry Potter movie to know Voldemort is a bad guy and he's done bad stuff to Harry and bad stuff yeah. to his parents. I don't need to know any of that. Exactly. I see it on his He looks like, face. A, he looks like a bad guy. He's evil. He looks looking. evil. He doesn't have a nose. I mean, if we're jumping um, in the third movie anyway, like I said, he's on the back of someone's head. For yeah. fuck's sake. Evil. So. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I like, I wish we had gotten a little more story about where the rock had come from. Right. Because it was just made right. by some god of lies and just loosed upon the world. Are there it's more of like these a... artifacts? I feel like we should yeah. start looking for more of these artifacts. And, like, try, maybe that's going to be the and third And set up some more movies. <laughs> a whole... Wonder Woman series just for mm-hmm. this. I and it, it's it kind of is Pandora's box in a way, and there's so much to play with. Oh my god, there's so much to play with with a Wonder Woman and Pandora. Do you know how much you could do, especially in a world where the woman is like central and she comes from an island full of women and it's supposed to be like female centric and like, mm-hmm. yes, go queens, go, like, yes, type of energy. Like, yeah. I would love to see a well acted, well written, a Taika Waititi directed production of this movie, but in the 70s, because I would prefer the 70s, uh, with Pandora's Box. Yeah. And we have two women fighting each other over notions of, like, what women are supposed to be or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Make it some nuanced take on women in society. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to think of. I do well, think that Pedro Pascal's performance was good, though. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig's. I think mm-hmm. the writing was shit. The writing was pretty bad. made that pretty, pretty clear. The, the poor child but, actor... Like he didn't get anything to work. Like he looked like I and I and I would hate to sound like I'm bullying a child, but he looked like he just wandered onto set every single time. Literally, like he looked like he wandered onto set, and they were like, "Get out the cameras! We got the kid again." Like (laughs) the way he walked too. Like I know someone directed this kid to do this, and it's not this kid's like choice that was picked. You know, 
Literally, like, he, like, has pointing his toes in. He's, like, dragging, like, a DS or whatever the, you know, he's got in his hand. It's like, good lord. Also, this is, like, so nitpicky. But, like, the the child actor they chose, Pedro Pascal is um, Argentinian, I believe. He's from South America. That child looked nothing, nothing child did like not him. look like him. And we not didn't get lick. to see his mom at all. So we and have so, no idea. <laughs> we have no... The Which, only reason we know it's his son is because he keeps saying, My son! And his son and he's keeps like, saying, Goddamn it, Daddy! Weekend. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, shoot. Daddy well. issues. Yeah. I do think Pedro, you know... Kristen gave a good performance. Pedro gave a decent... For what they were given. Although, I will say, the entire time, both my roommates were doing something else that evening that I was watching it. None of my friends wanted to watch it because they had heard it was bad. Like, none of my friends in my bubble. Um, and they were like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. I was like, it's fair. And so I was in my, alone in my dark living room, um, eating my little, my little vegan ice cream, <laughs> and just screaming at the television because none of it, and for the people who can't see me, I'm hitting myself in the face. None of it made sense. None of it. None of it. Pedro Pascal's still sexy, though. And on that note, listeners, <laughs> um, you may remember from last year when you were listening to this podcast. Uh, oh, it's been a whole we, year already. We like to rank our movies um, on a scale from... Worst to best with Flubber dead center. And you may be able to see our list somewhere on the internet as, as a JPEG or as a, a, a text file of some kind. Um, yeah. Our list so far is Fateful Findings. Now You See Me. Scooby. Robots. Flubber. Dead Center, Neutral, Sweden, Night at the Museum, Clue, Nomeo and Juliet, High School Musical, Wine Country, and Rocky Horror. And that is our ultimatum. That's our current list. Our current list, and you can view that Mm -hmm. at Um, (laughs) moviebluffs.tumblr.com. That was a joke, (laughs) but I might actually make a Tumblr. I don't know. That would be very Um, funny. You can view it on our Twitter. We can, It'll be yeah. completely updated for the new year. Um, I can't tell you the date because it won't be when you listen to this, but it'll be there by the time it'll you listen be, it'll to be this. There. So. Um, now, Wonder Woman 1984 is a sequel, and we should keep that in, in, in mind. Because so far, all of the movies that we have on our list are the first in their respective franchises, if You're they're right. in a franchise at all. So I propose that we make like a, a another dimension of our list. Not necessarily a different axis um compared to Flubber. Like I I don't think it's like a more sequel or less sequel thing. That doesn't make any sense. But I think like a parallel list just for sequels. The movie bluffs parallel Movie-verse. Something like that, yes. Working title. Working title. So basically what I'm, what I'm, what I'm thinking is we have our, our Omega Flubber list. Mm. 
working title. And then parallel to that, we have, it's the exact same scale, like worst to best flubber in the middle, but nothing else is on it. So we're not comparing Wonder Woman 84 to necessarily all of the other movies on our list. Right. We're just comparing it for the time being better or worse than flubber. And then every other sequel we review, we'll put that on the list better or worse than Wonder Woman 1984. So almost like a front of the disc, right? If we're talking movie references, mm-hmm, a front mm-hmm. of the disc, we've got our go-to ultimate, penultimate list, a back of the disc, and for our listeners, I have a pink sticky note going. Of, mm-hmm. It's taped to my wall of all Jeez. of the movies that we watch, and I'm flipping it for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a back of the disc, flubber still in the middle. Yep. And then if we watch sequels, we can garner a list. Right. But... And it's like a bonus features. Bonus... Bonus features. Main feature and bonus feature. Bonus oh, feature just being all of the sequels. And maybe... <laughs> hey, who knows? In the future, maybe we'll have people bring their own favorite movies onto the show and we'll have another list just for that. I don't know. Right. 2021 f- is... Ripe with opportunity. We can only go up from here. Right. And I think that's the message we need to take away from Wonder Woman 1984, which in my Weak. mind on the parallel list is worse than Flubber. If, if we're I wholeheartedly asking. agree with you. So that's where we're starting our super silly sequel list. Worse than Flubber. I would agree. It goes back on the wall. And I'm so excited to make a new graphic. Me too. The new year, the possibilities are endless. We don't know what the future will bring. But we do know, while we're on this superhero train of thought, while we're on this semi-sequel train of thought, another movie came out uh, over the hiatus we were on. And it was sort of a sequel to Sharkboy and Lava Girl. And it was called We Did It Come Out? Yes, and it came out around New Year's. And so we're going to be, you know, uh, we know this audience loves hearing us talk about movies we've watched from our youth, but we're going to kind of continue the silly sequel Saturdays, name pending, um, and we're going to continue that for next week at least and watch We Can Be Heroes, the sequel to Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I'm really hoping Megan Trainer and her and Junie's baby shows up. It's another it's another superhero movie. It's another sequel. The difference is, I think we've both watched Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I've seen Shark have you seen Sharkboy and Lava Girl? Yeah. I wanted to so, be Lava Girl. So there you go. I also wanted to be Lava Girl. Um now <laughs> her powers were way cooler than Sharkboy. Also, her hair is like dope as hell. It's very cool hair. We can both be a um, girl. Anyway, um, so that's what you have to listen to next week is our review of the new Sharkboy Lava Girl movie. Um, until then. You're too good to watch bad movies. Let us watch them for you. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Hey.